This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA podcast. Look, guys, we're going to have an interesting conversation here, a very meta conversation about the internet, about social media specifically. And this is for creators of all stripes. If you're a YouTuber, if you're a writer, you're a podcaster, even if you're a musician, because if you're a musician, I don't know if uh, Finn subscribes to this philosophy, but I certainly do. Uh, If you're a creative of, of any type, you are a content creator. You are making some kind of content to be consumed on the internet. And this advice applies to you as well. So uh, I know there are a lot of people that email me and message me day in and day out, whether they are starting their own YouTube channel where they do music essays or music reviews, or they are musicians themselves. And, um, you know, they feel like the content they're making is, is there. They're putting a lot of effort into it, but they're sitting there wondering and asking me like, hey, how do I get people to care? What do I do to get people engaged? What do I do to get people to react to what I'm doing and share it with other people and, and uh, you know, just basically express any kind of uh, interest in what I'm doing? And we're going to try to uh, at least give you a bit of a, uh, a rundown as to, to, to start on that journey. So you have an idea as to uh, do it the right way from the get-go. And then from there, figure out, you know, how to do it in your own way. Because at the end of the day, social media is kind of your own personal fingerprint on the internet. And, you know, there are a lot of wrong ways that you could do it, but there's almost an unlimited amount of right ways that you could approach. That's a great way to put it. Sure, sure. I would have said the opposite, but you're right. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll I'll be, be, you know, I I know that you're a bit more methodical about it and you have like a really cool planned out um, sort of a rubric uh, as as far as an approach goes. I know as far as a lot of conventional uh, social media tips, I, I break many of them personally, but, uh, there are a lot of specific things about what I do, where what I do on social media just kind of works for me and my brand personally. There are things that I do with my social media that I would not necessarily recommend for other people. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that and we'll talk about those various approaches in, in this, this thing. So, uh, you know, given that you are my guest and I have invited you on to talk about this, uh, whether somebody is, as I was just saying, a YouTuber, podcaster, even a musician, uh, what are some good practices for getting onto a or any social media platform, whether it be Twitter or TikTok or YouTube and applying what it is they do and gaining some kind of following, getting engagement uh, and, and sort of making, making sure that engagement is positive, good quality engagement that uh, uh, they're going to be proud of? 
Well, I will share, I've been doing some coaching with some uh, clients on this. And what I will share here is the framework that I've used for them. And what I would love to do is hear examples from you about how this has or hasn't worked for your channels, your social media channels. And maybe if you can think of any artists that do a good job of any of the stuff I'm talking about, or if we can break it, because, you know, I've just been kind of this work in progress. So if we can break it, let's do it and I'll refine it and make it better. Sure. So the the main thing, I guess the, the problem we're trying to solve here is for anybody, especially who is in the stage of being a creator where you're in the screaming into the void stage, which is just, to me, that is the absolute most crushing feeling in the world. Like it's way worse for me to put something out and have nobody care than to get a negative reaction. Like just that to me is just soul crushing. I hate that. So that's the problem we want to solve here. And I've seen, I've talked to a lot of people, you know, that have a podcast or YouTube channel or whatever. They're, like you said, their content is good, but when you promote it on social media, it's crickets, like nobody cares. So the way that I kind of think about this is if you imagine a funnel, like if any of you guys do sales, you know, a sales funnel, you can think about it at the very bottom of it is the action that you want your audience to take, which for creators will typically be to listen to your music or watch your video or read your blog or whatever it is that you want to do. And how do you get people to actually take that action? And the place where a lot of people go wrong is they think that it's as simple as promoting your stuff on social media that you post on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want. All the stuff I'm talking about here, it, it applies on any platform. The specifics of how you would execute it might be different. But the place where people go wrong is they just say, watch my video, listen to my band, read my blog. But they don't know you. So if you think about it, like the analogy I would make is like if anyone's been to a warp tour or probably other tours, there's those people out in the parking lot that have like the CD players on like the headphones and just walk up to you and like, Hey, listen to my band. And you're like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I don't, you know, it's like, that, that, that would absolutely be my first reaction. Yes. Fuck off with those yeah. headphones that a hundred sweaty heads have already been and get the fuck out of here. Uh, right. And why, why would you say fuck off? Because it's it's just an annoying distraction from what I'm focused on already. Just just getting getting to the warp tour and and fucking crowd surfing off the stage. That's that's, that's my right. Problem. That's what I'm trying to do. But or 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 if you were at a party and someone came up to you and said, Oh, hey, you're Anthony Fantano, listen to my demo. I mean, I'm sure this happens to you. And and I'm sure you're a polite person, so you don't tell them to fuck off, but in your head you're probably thinking, fuck off. Uh, now <laughs> I won't make you answer that, but no, uh, yeah, per personally, when a lot of that happens, I will, the first thing I'll be thinking of is just like, where can I throw my email in here? Which I do, I do genuinely give out my email quite a yeah. bit, try to pitch me demos and stuff, because honestly, um, going through an email that you've sent me where you've referenced an interaction that we've had is a much more positive and just, I guess, um, an easier experience as far as getting me what it is you want me to hear as opposed to oh i'm just like pulling out this usb that i just happen to keep in my car my demo just in case like i run up on just blaze or whatever you know what i mean and it's like no you know just just like give it to me in the easiest possible way because if, if i took every physical burnt cd that somebody happened to have on them like i, I would just be living in burnt cds like for the rest cd of what are you gonna do with that thing 
Exactly. exactly. So what we, what we want to do, so what you've hit on here is basically the essence of this funnel, which is that before you ask somebody to take an action, whether that is buy something from you or read your shit, consumer stuff, whatever, you want to have some engagement first. You don't just walk up to someone at a party or cold email. I'm sure people cold email you all the time, just like they do with anybody with an audience. And those emails usually get deleted or unread because you're going to prioritize the people that you already know. And so what we want to do with the social media funnel, the way that I think about it is the top is engagement. And I'm trying to fit this here. The very top of it is engagement. That's like the small talk at a party. And then the second layer of that funnel is what I call storytelling, which is so engagement is talking with your audience, having a conversation. The second layer of it is talking to your audience, like telling them about yourself, just like at a party. The first thing you would do is say, hey, how about that local sports team? How about the latest current events? You know, just light conversation. Then you would ask them, you know, what do you do for a job or whatever? You would start talking about yourself, talking about each other. And then finally, maybe if there's an opportunity for you guys to do business at the bottom of it, that's when you would ask them to do something like, hey, come by my office. Let's have lunch. Let's have coffee. And so you want to do this with your social media content as well. So, so basically what you're saying and, and not to, um, you know, take away from the fact that you've put in all this effort to quantifying, you know, all this stuff, but yes, basically what you're encouraging people to do with whatever it is they're trying to get out there is create or muster some kind of interest or mystique or curiosity in the person they're focusing on with what they're doing and make small talk. Yes. And then use that to eventually, you know, pull the ask, say, oh, well, yes. will, you, will you listen to this? As Build opposed to saying, yes. as opposed to just like going in there raw and just be like, listen to this. Exactly. Well, so well, I, I as an example, a, I don't have a reason to listen to it. Honestly, you give, you yeah. give no reason. Cause I don't know you. I don't know why, like, I don't know anything about this other than it just popped in my, in my inbox. So as an example, and so roughly speaking, so we get specific here. So roughly speaking, I would say, you know, 10 to 20% of your content should be promotional stuff, which is the bottom of the phone where you're asking them to do something. Let's call it, you know, 30% or something should be the storytelling part, like telling them about yourself and what you do. And maybe 50% of it or so, the majority of your content should be that small talk engagement stuff. So to use an example from, uh, from your Instagram, for example, uh, I think like your vibe check posts would be a good example of the small talk. You're not asking them to do anything. You're not telling them, hey, here's what I'm up to. You're just hopefully entertaining people, starting a conversation, making them laugh, whatever it is you want to do with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the place where a lot of people go wrong is they don't have any of that small talk content at the top of the funnel. They just go for the kill all the time. Mm -hmm. And so the next question that most people would have is, what? how do I come up with that content? And I think there's three essentially three ways that you can do it, <clears throat> that engagement, small talk kind of content. Uh, the first way, and I'll go down these in order basically of how uh, I think, uh, h- how frequently they'll be useful to this audience. Uh, number one option is to be super aspirational. So you can be really hot or rich or cool and have an awesome life. And you just go, you can be Dan Bilzerian and, uh, <laughs> you know, look at me. I'm out here on Lake Havasu you know, doing bong hits with all these girls I paid to be here, you know, (laughs) option number one one way. That's one way. But for most of us, we're not that cool or good looking or rich or anything. So being aspirational, not going to (laughs) happen. 
At least I can't help you with that. I don't know anything about that because, as you can see, I just sit here while my wife plays Animal Crossing. That's my life. Yeah, that, uh, that is pretty dope, though. I, I would, I would, I would like a picture of you just posted up in front of the Animal Crossing in the background. It could, yeah, it could be worse. That, see, that would be good engagement content because sure. one of the one good template for engagement content is sharing a, a mutual interest. And you might think if you're in a band and you're talking about the latest Netflix show, you say, "What does that have to do with my band?" Well, again. If you realize that the person in this band should, likes the same show as you, well, you just formed a little bit more of a connection with them, and you're going to be more likely next time they spam you about their song, you're going to be more likely to listen to it. Or so, if you then kind of created some kind of, some sort of cool bit of content based around that sort of cultural connection, like if you, I don't know, did a cover mm -hmm. of a theme song or something like that. Even better, yes. But it could be as simple as just posting the fucking official cover art of the game. And saying, I like Animal Crossing. Who else likes Animal Crossing? I would hope that. Oh, oh, wait. Don't come off like a robot when you do it. You know? It, it, well, it, I it actually. Only, it, only, it only works if you're genuinely interested in Animal oh, Crossing. Oh, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, 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 no. I, 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 I would not encourage that. It, it should be things that you should be authentic. Should I will. I, authentic. You can represent the light side here. I will represent <laughs> the dark side. Pander, pander to your audience. <laughs> I'll give you an example of this from today. Uh -huh. So I've been helping my business partner with this. You know, we have a, a, a school for music producers. And I said, I bet you if you just post the cover art for Rain and Blood with no commentary, it will crush. And, you know, for him, getting a thousand likes on Instagram would be a lot. And I was like, sure. I bet you this will get a thousand likes in a day. Just the fucking cover art with no caption or hashtags. Yeah, I haven't looked yet, but it was at like 500 this morning. So I'm sure it's there. Or like, you know, you see Loudwire. They'll just post a fucking picture of Lars Ulrich. And it'll have 300 retweets. <laughs> but, but you know, with, with Loudwire, that, that is very much within their topical wheelhouse. You know, it, I mean? it is for it's, sure. It's not, it's not like Loudwire is like, hey, have you checked out the new Von Trier film? Here's, here's the poster for that, you know, or, or whatever. But, but, but still. Fair enough. But my point is, it does not have to be rocket science here. When you're talking about that, just the same as at a party, you don't need to come up with some super like thoughtful, like mind-blowing, profound question. You're just like, hey, how about that local sports team? Sure. Like, oh yeah, the fucking third baseman is, you know, blah, 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 blah. They'll go off about it. It doesn't matter whether you actually like the baseball team or not. They'll think you do. I'm not proposing that you do it that like in such a disingenuous way, but I, I, I guess you don't need to be that Machiavellian about it. Well, it's an option. I'm just saying it's an option. If if you would if you would like to be a, a, a good human like Anthony, then you know you can you can be genuine. If you just want to chase that uh, light count, then you can take my route. Either way, it's up to you. But anyhow, so option number one for this is to be aspirational, but we're going to cross that off the list because if you're that cool and rich, then you're not sitting here watching us nerds talk on IG Live. Option number two is to do attention-worthy things. Uh, for example, you know, uh, there's a guy that I follow named Chad Tepper who does kind of like jackass-type pranks, like uh, he shoots himself in the face with a staple gun or lights his balls on fire or whatever. That's an attention-worthy thing. Or you can think about people like Ken Block, you know, who like jumps race cars over a flaming fucking school bus or whatever. Again, 
neither of those two, you know, you can do either of those things, but we're going to cross that off the list too, because for most of us, that's just either uh, embarrassing or. Well, well, I was, I was going to say an, an attention worthy thing can also be a joke, a dance, yes. a skit. Yes. Exactly. A lot, exactly. A lot of you, you don't need exactly. to take your life in your hands. You don't exactly. It could be something as simple as doing the running man really badly, which uh, I keep meaning to do. And I just keep forgetting, you know, because because yeah. I actually you know what I need to do. I'll be the next TikTok star. Uh, I know the entire like first half of It Takes Two by uh, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. And I feel like I need to do feel like that needs to be my TikTok debut because hmm. there's nothing that anybody wants more than me doing the running man and lip syncing to that song. Uh, but to your point, it could be as simple as that. And then option number three, which is what you and I both do is talk about something bigger than ourselves in our case, uh, because we are not very interesting, accomplished people. We talk about things that other interesting, accomplished people do. (laughs) And that's a great option. Now you might think if you're in a band or something like that, that that wouldn't work either, but you could talk about your influences. So, you know, if you're in a metal band, right you know, make a video or write a blog post or whatever format you want to use about why Meshuggah is your favorite band and, you know, go into detail about that. And again, you'll build a connection with them. Um, if, for example, like, let's say that I wanted to do business content, what I would do is talk about all the big, big, big business influencers like Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff like that. Like if anybody's ever seen like Evan Carmichael's, uh, Evan Carmichael on YouTube, he has like, he makes these videos like so-and-so's top 10 rules for success. Like Beyonce's 10 top 10 rules for success and Michael Jordan's top 10 rules for success or whatever, you know, all, all those, those are essentially those highlight clips of things they have said with interviews from other people that he's chopped up and titled. That would be a good example uh, at the most, like if you don't even want to create your own stuff with your own face in it, you could do that. Uh, however, in his case, I think that's a little bit of a problem because if you see those videos get a ton of views, but then the videos with him talking, so those would get millions of views, but then the ones with him talking, uh, will only get a couple thousand views. And so he's kind of failed to do something that's important here, which is even if you were doing it in the most like Machiavellian sense that I was kind of joking about, which I'm, I'm kidding, you shouldn't actually be that calculating about it because it actually doesn't work for the reason here, like he hasn't ever connected that to himself. Like at the, you know, it's the same thing as like when you see artists that have a big cover song and it has a billion views and then their other songs have, you know, no streams. This is the same problem here. So you do ultimately need to connect it back to yourself. So if you're talking about other people, you still need to have something of yourself in there. You know, your face for one, like he doesn't even put his face in those videos. None of his opinions or anything. It's just literally a highlight clip of Gene Simmons talking about how it's great to be rich. Um, yeah, the, so, the, the way that you frame it, it sort of reminds me of like those meme accounts on Instagram that may have like millions of followers, but all of the posts are like memes stolen from somewhere else. So exactly w- when they eventually blow up and sort of start making money or gaining attention, people are like, who are these assholes? Like they, they don't even make anything that's on their page. They're just like dicks that steal other people's memes. Exactly. So you're probably talking about fuck Jerry there. Although... <laughs> Well, that was his, th- but no, but that I'm not putting him down. I'm like, that was actually his, his, he was like the poster child for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know how he did it, but he successfully figured that out because, you know, he has Jerry media 
his his media company. So somehow or another, he figured that out. I don't know enough about him to say how he did it, but uh, there's a whole lot of those meme accounts that have tons of followers that are worth nothing for exactly that reason. So I used memes to grow my Instagram account quite a bit. You know, I mean, I have 36,000 followers or something, which is not a lot compared to some people, but to me, it's a lot. And memes were a big way that I did that, but I made them all myself, which I think is an important distinction. And all those represent my, you know, they're memes about music. And all of those are based on my opinions about music. For example, that I think hardcore kids are stupid. I make a lot of memes about that. And whenever I make a meme about how hardcore kids are stupid, uh, that is actually the stuff that gets me the most followers, Hmm. which is interesting because it's, and, and I thought about that. I was like, what a weird niche little thing you know, that I would get 50 followers, you know, from this meme about hardcore kids. But then it made sense because that is like based on my life. You know what I mean? Like I lived that meme. It's based on your life. People know because of your background that it's coming from a certain place. Right. Um, And on top of it, uh, there's not a whole lot of people out there trying to make memes about hardcore kids specifically. So people are going to come pretty quickly for that content since it's not like, you know, super popularized everywhere else. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use HyperFollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or 
go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. The other thing I wanted to uh, throw out, and I would love to see what, what this has been for you is uh, the idea like what you should really be looking for is what I call a like magnet, which is essentially the one piece of content you can put out that you know is pretty much always going to get good engagement, like no matter what. And you, you don't want to push that button all the time, but when you need it, for example, you know, if, if views are down this month, you know, you can push this button and you're going to get a nice little bump. What is that for you? If I really have to like, force out a top 10 list or if i need to do a siri picks the best albums you know if if i do on the main channel i can but uh, typically it's uh, what drives content for the main channel is just like when a new hot album comes out you know and um if is I, there any particular genre or anything that you know i'm trying to put a um, finer point on this where mostly, like mostly man if i know a lot, a lot of pop and a lot of hip-hop you know but, um, you know, that, that also kind of comes as according to uh, the recommendations that people are sort of throwing my way every week, you know, but, but I'm sort of, you know, used to um, uh, what people are asking for. And also just kind of finding and reviewing things based on my own taste after all these years as well. Like I, I can say the, uh, the Fiona Apple review that I'm about to put out tomorrow will probably gross the most views of any video I dropped this week. Um, that usually, you know, whatever my hottest review that week is going to be, whatever, uh, is going to be maybe a yellow flannel or a not good, you know, which I mean, I, I try to do those when it makes sense. You know, if I really love the record or if I really dislike the record, um, you know, on, on the needle drop, I don't need to plan out content as much because I'm just sort of, I guess, fighting through the mosh pit of all the releases being thrown in my face week to week, you know, on the Fantano channel, though, things are a bit more planned out or we will think about like, you know, we have to be a bit more original about what it is we decide to talk about and what kind of content series we engage in week to week. And over there, we, we know the let's argue every week or mm-hmm. every other week tends to get a, a lot of engagement um, because usually the, title will be a little provocative or will or it'll it'll be based on a a topic that will be generating discussion you know and and that's the thing that you most definitely want to make sure that you're doing on social media with whatever content it is you're making whether it be music or art or a podcast like is it genuine is it generating discussion is it giving people pause is it giving people a reason to stop and think and like actually concentrate on what it is you're doing as opposed to every other thing that's being thrown in front of everybody's fucking faces day in and day out where they're just kind of, and then they forget about it immediately. Um, I have a, I have a thought on that, by the way, which, I mean, you're fantastic at this on your let's argue titles. Uh, And for anybody who wants to do YouTube, you've probably heard this before, but title and thumbnail are incredibly important for this exact reason, because when you're scrolling through all this shit, how do you pick what to choose or what to click on? So my formula for those is, Whatever thing I'm talking about, well, first of all, I pick a topic that I know people already have like existing strong feelings about. And then I would unpick, unpack exactly what those strong feelings are. Let's say there's two or three things. Let's say we're, let's say we're talking about, oh, uh, (laughs) my favorite artist, Iggy Azalea. Hmm. We can think of the strong feelings that people already have about her, right? The goat. And exactly. And then you decide, and then you decide whether you want to validate or challenge those beliefs in the title. And it's, 
you could even do both. You could do the same video, like taking both sides of it. But to me, that's like, you know, again, maybe I'm very like calculating and Machiavellian about this, but really at the end of the day on YouTube, especially it's about like choosing which emotional button you want to push with that, with that title. So think about what do people, what do people already believe about this? Cause you can't change that part. What do people already believe? And then which way do I want to like flip that switch? Sure. No, that, that's a good way of, of, of thinking about it. And, and when I go into a review or a think piece or something, I, I usually have a rough ideas as to what that's going to be. Now, you know, the trick is also like, you don't want your audience to think that you just exist to fuck with them. You know what I mean? Because there's, there's already going to be like a presumption of that just because you're yeah. on social media anyway. You know, day in and day out, I will get a you know, accused of like, Anthony just hates that album because he wants to make people mad. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, whereas I'm, I'm, I've reviewed and will continue to review in my lifetime, probably like thousands of records. And, and people are going to be bad no matter what you say. So that's unavoidable. People are going to be mad no matter what you say. And, and I listen to so many albums that I don't need to pretend to like or hate anything. You know, and I'm going to run into something that is going to stir controversy as far as an opinion goes, just by virtue of listening to so many things anyway, yeah. you know, um, it, it, it'll occur naturally, you know, you, you don't really need to force it as long as you're doing the work, you're listening, you're exploring and, you know, you're, you're putting in the effort to actually develop a thought and opinion of something that is, is actually worth listening to. Because if, if you are, then you're going to be critical, you know, even, even of some of the best stuff that you run across out there, and you're going to have, I guess, a, a, a taste or a point of view that is um, maybe a bit pickier. You know, you'll, you'll eventually you'll reach a point where you're not necessarily jaded, but you're a little bit harder to please. And, um, you know, as, and, and as long as you back up your thoughts and your feelings and go into explaining in detail, a deep detail, you know, why it is you feel the way that you do, it's, it's justified and it's fair. Um, is is there anybody that you think does a, a particularly good job of having those sort of, I guess I'll say challenging opinions? Because I don't, I don't, I don't ever think you should deliberately provoke. At least I don't, I don't deliberately provoke people. Yeah. Um, but is there anybody you think that does a particularly good job of having those challenging opinions without being like just a shit starter? Um, like, 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 are you asking me who, who out there? What examples are of people who just like try to start shit? No, no, no. Some people that have a good, like, challenging opinion without resorting to being a shit starter. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, I think, um, you know, there are a lot of YouTube music essayists out there who uh, do a lot of good stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think you're an example. I think uh, Blackie Speaks is also a good example. He does a lot of good hip hop content where he is posing an opinion or putting a thought out there and the way that he approaches it, it's more like he is um, inviting conversation and presenting to the audience, like maybe a bit of a thought that is going to get the discussion going as opposed to like, you know, just saying like anybody who thinks X is wrong or a fucking idiot or people are crazy. And, uh, you know, th there's nothing particularly wrong about having those sorts of opinions as long as, you're going into explaining in a somewhat respectful way as to why you disagree, you know, and, and you're still getting the audience some food for thought. It's not like you're just there to provoke. I, I would say maybe an example of that with me personally was the recent Tyler of uh, the creator video I did on his uh, Igor album and the uh, constant misconception that it's like this 
really garbage mixed lo-fi type of album when it's it's really not and i feel like that opinion just kind of ex- exposes a general ignorance to what lo-fi actually is but you know that was that was kind of a, an example of of having an opinion that i know would rub a lot of people the wrong way but doing everything i could to explain it and not just simply make it an expression of yeah i'm going to piss you off because i i feel like it yeah i think that angle of challenging opinions to me is the one that i find most interesting um you know, validating opinions. A lot of people do that too, but I, to me, that's very boring. It's like, you know, like in gaming, oh, EA is bad. Okay, congratulations. Like, do we need 10 more videos? But, you know, on the other hand, it works. And sometimes I wish I could have those safe opinions. I just don't. I mean, basically- yeah, No matter what you do, you're, you're gonna have a safe opinion every once in a while or an agreeable opinion, or just, you know, a take that everybody else sees is, okay, cool. You know, that's that's fair, that's great. Um, but you, you don't want to be that guy that always has the right opinion because there, this, it just seems inhuman, you know, like nobody is agreeable all the time. Like nobody has just all the perfect, most lowest common denominator opinions on everything. And and for those that do, maybe you shouldn't be making content. Maybe it should just be, maybe you should just be chilling, you know, just live your chill ass life where you don't. Sometimes like, I, I wonder if people would even notice. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if I were to switch my channel to just without, without announcing and just having all the conventional opinions, mm. you know, like converge is, is great. Justin Bieber is bad. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I, I can't Lars sucks. I can't think of any YouTubers specifically, but I thinking back to the, um, the, days of like the 2000s and early 2010s kind of music blog boom um it it was disheartening and aggravating to sort of run up on some music blogs and like they just seem to have like like all of these just glowing fucking things to say about everything and it's like you, you don't you don't have like a a negative opinion of anything it's like you don't think anything sucks or like anything could be better or you know, because I, I feel like in a way that's how you end up really defining yourself. Um, at least ha- that's how I feel as a result of my experience, because I, I guess at least with my audience anyway, it, it seems like people remember what I don't like much more yes. than it is what I do like. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that you should go out of your way to to not like anything. But uh, I, once more, I'll reiterate just in my own experience, I guess if you want people to recall what it is that you do, um, have an interesting or a challenging take on a, on a record that maybe a lot of people hold dear, uh, even if you yourself like it, you know, but you have a strong opinion about a few key elements of it that maybe you don't think are uh, as here's, high quality as some other people do. Here's my little trick that I borrowed from, uh, do you know Linus Tech Tips? Do you know that channel? No, no. It's like a computer, like, you know, PC parts kind of review channel. Hmm. Um, sort of like, like you for computers. And what I, what I, what I borrowed from him is, is a technique that I think of as anti-clickbait. So he'll, every single video, like the title and thumbnail makes you think that he's going to be super critical of the thing, just blast it. And then in the video, his actual opinion is usually, you know, very reasonable, mild, you know, um, very, very um, nuanced take on this thing that might be slightly critical, but the title and thumbnail always make you think it's just going to be a total hit piece. Uh, and his channel has like, I think 
12 million subscribers or something now. It's huge. So people people are know this about him and yet it works every single time. And he's even addressed it. Like he made a video like are uh, entitled, are we going to stop making shitty clickbait thumbnails and titles? And the first thing he said was <laughs> no. And I'll tell you why, because it works. <laughs> and so he'll, he'll have a picture, you know, the thumbnail will be uh, the new iPhone and it'll be him being like, like Apple, you really screwed it up this time. And then, you know, the review will be like, this new iPhone is great. The only thing is the battery life isn't as good as last time, which kind of sucks. So, so maybe I need to start doing every thumbnails. Like, does this record fucking suck? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. Like, I don't like doing that, but it's unfortunate. I mean, it's a fact of psychology that people have stronger recall of negatively valenced information than they do positively valenced information, which if you think about it, people make sense. And it, they you know, do. It's, it's also why you know, I have kind of the flannel system and people see the yellow flannel, good review, positive review is going to love it. People see the red flannel. Oh no, he hates it. He thinks it's bad. Mm -hmm. He thinks it's terrible. Um, so, you know, as a result of that, uh, there are people, and I know I put out a lot of content. Uh, there are those who do want things broken down just a little bit and, and want to know maybe just a, a wee bit if you're in on it and, you know, you've been watching for a little while and you kind of get it. Uh, you know, they want to know what the tone of the review may be before they click. They do. And I think, I don't want to say exploiting, but just understanding what makes people pay attention, I think is important because at the end of the day, that's the challenge for creators is how do you get people to pay attention to the thing? Because if they never click on the video in the first place, it doesn't matter how good it is. And, and so sometimes for their own good, you have to use you know, we, we, in order to help them, we had to hurt them, you know, like, uh, I mean, also let's, let's talk a bit about, a, 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 let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the macro picture here as, as in terms of how the content is delivered to the audience, because it's not like the internet facilitates and social media facilitates like long, thoughtful, engagement with the types of things it's putting in front of your face. It's literally a fucking deluge. Yes. Uh, everything flying past your face as fast as they could possibly put it without just like frying your fucking brain. Uh, and, and it seems just get faster and faster and faster and more saturated every year. So as a result of that, you know, and again, this, this is not like, this is not your fault as a content creator. You are reacting to the context in which you have been thrown as a creator as a result of that you have to deliver to the audience just like a, a very baseline like is this good is this bad da, da, da. just as like a tease you know to, to, to get people into it I've, I've been fortunate enough at this point with with my thumbnails just on my main channel to not have to have done much more other than you see the album cover next to my head you see review and then you see some kind of expression on my face. I'm like, ugh. I'm like, ugh. It's like, ugh. And what's funny is that I don't usually need to do, you know, do anything out of the ordinary just to get that. I will just scroll through the review and I'll be like, okay, you know, I'm feeling kind of this on the record. Or I think that people may assume that I hate it, you know. So I'll sort of just scroll through, look for a good expressive face. And once I find that face, I'll grab that one and I'll just use that as the thumbnail. You know, I, I, don't, I don't need to do too much. To Do you think that that approach would work if you were starting a channel today? Or do you think that it's because you built a following 
in the era before you had to go full shitty clickbait with thumbnails and titles? Sure. I, I don't know. I still think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what I can or can't attribute that to. I mean, you know, as, as even though my thumbnails are not like super dolled up, I mean, the, the basics are there, you know, you mm -hmm. see the artist and you see an expression, you yep. know, maybe it's not zoomed up on my face and it's not with a super colorful background and, you know, there aren't any sort of added elements or anything, but, uh, you know, the basics are there. Uh, maybe, maybe my videos would pop off a lot more if, uh, uh, you know, there was, uh, uh, you know, a lot more bells and whistles and everything. But uh, I, I, f I feel like the simplicity is just kind of my aesthetic at this point. Yeah, I mean, at this point, people are used to it. And, you know, that's ultimately, that counts for a lot. I'll yeah. tell you, I'll give you one example of like how I, I made a small change to a video that made a huge difference to, again, to the point of taking advantage of, or I shouldn't say taking advantage. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want people to think I'm that much of a calculating asshole, but yeah. Maybe I am. I don't know. Just <laughs> point being. So I made a video about uh, front men and women and kind of uh, unpacking why some of them are, you know, why, why some of them work and some of them don't. And I'm exploring the differences. And the thumbnail has Haley Williams, Fred Durst, Haley Williams and Fred Durst in it. And the original text in the thumbnail thumbnail said, like, best front men and women, I think. And, you know, in the YouTube studio, when you log in, it says this is like performing, you know, four out of 10 of your past videos or whatever. And, and it was eight out of 10. And I was bummed because I really liked this video and I wanted it to do well. Sometimes if it's a video is doing badly, it's like, well, fuck it. Okay. I guess this one's a loss, but this one, I really wanted to save it. So I took the same thumbnail. All I did was change the text to bad singers question mark. And it went from number nine to number one. Yeah just by taking advantage of the fact that I know people are going to pay attention to something that's, you know, has a negative tone. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I don't like playing that game, but as you said, this is the context in which we make things and you don't make the rules. You just have to play by them. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll say just as um, somebody who's always making content and who is also very well aware of kind of the phenomenon that you're talking about here. Um, if I spent all of my time, just talking about whatever I thought was the most popular album at the time, or just putting out the most negative review that I possibly could. And, and honestly, I would, I would lose all passion for what I do. So, and, and honestly, I, I think if, if I was only hitting my audience with that all the time, like, sure, there's probably a, a certain number of newcomers that you could always like rope in with that sort of thing. But good fucking luck getting anybody sort of like watching you for longer than a year. Because once people sort of are aware of the manipulation and they see that you're just constantly trying to be as negative or just uh, as manipulative as possible, just again and again and again and again, you're, you're not going to foster a community of people who return to what you do and actually like invest in it emotionally. Have you ever watched any of those prank channels that I guess are for like fourth graders? Yeah, sometimes. But I, like, I, I, I'll admit, I haven't, I haven't watched a prank channel like in a long time. Like I, I, I've not watched a prank channel yet in 2020. I'll say I didn't even know these existed until like last year. The ones that are just like super, super, super blatantly fake. Like they don't even really yeah. try. Like a, any adult with like a functioning brain would tell in four, four seconds that they're fake. I, I feel like that's the ultimate example that suggests that 
you're wrong in some certain categories. <laughs> well, th- there are some people who will watch them because they're fake or just watch them because they're stupid. Like there are a lot of Instagram pages that are like that, where it's like, people will fake these dumb fights between two people who very right. obviously aren't even dating. And they'll just watch it because I don't know, it's just like a stupid, silly Instagram video. You know, it's, it's, it's some kind of entertainment, I guess, you know? And, and the thing is like, even if you know it's fake and you know it's bad, there's literally no investment in it on your part. It's not like you're paying for cable. It's not like you had to subscribe. It's, you know, not like you had to do anything other than just scroll past it. All you're doing is wasting a few moments of the finite time you have on this planet. That's all. Which, which which is all you're trying to do by, you know, being on social media anyway. So. All right. Fair point. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you got me so, there. Look, look, it, it is it is a genuine way to you know like get get by you know and actually like, and build a following. But you know, I I guess like it, it depends on the kind of engagement that you want. You know, even if like your engagement is total shit, but for whatever, but through whatever means you've been able to, like you've wound up somehow with like fifty million Instagram subscribers or you know followers, like. Yeah. That's that still makes waves. That's still going to grab attention. You're still going to be able to monetize that. But at the end of the day, like you can't go to bed knowing that, like, yeah, people really care about me and think I'm creative. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's just not going to be the case. Yeah, you know, but you get to wake up every morning knowing that you're Whoa Vicky. Yeah, that, that's that's true. That's true. You could wait. You can still wake up every morning knowing that you're Whoa Vicky. And you know, for some people, that's enough. You know, so <laughs> right. like, like you were saying, sometimes the dark side and the Machiavellian side of things look as, 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 as much as I shun that personally, there are a lot of people out there making way more money than me doing that. So if, if that, if that's your prerogative and that's something that you want to do. And once you've succeeded at that, you want to cut me like a five grand check in the mail right? You know, for setting you on the right path uh, by all means, you know, but, but that's, that's not personally what I would recommend. Like you could, you could still, kill it on, 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 you know, the, the light side, you know, you don't need to go to the dark side, but you can, the options there, I suppose. Well, to me, the takeaway from all this is to reverse engineer for all those, I, I would look at all those dark side people and reverse engineer why it works and then see which of those things you want to use. If any of them, maybe you don't want to use any of them. That's fine. But at least understand what are the tools that you could use to draw attention to what I believe if you're watching this that you are sincerely trying to make good content. I don't think anyone watching this is trying to make garbage clickbait or scam people into whatever. All you're trying to do is get attention for what you believe is good content. And so just ask yourself, what tricks can you take from those people to just draw attention to your good content? I know a lot of people sort of begrudgingly do that stuff. And I understand why. Like to me, I make shitty clickbait thumbnails because I think it's funny. And, you know, I, it's almost like it is, it is an art form. It is. Yeah. Like I really like using those like weird bootleg Android emojis, (laughs) you know, complete. I like, they are funny leaving. I like to leave the like dreamstime.com watermark in there too. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the takeaway for me is just like, understand what makes people pay attention and you don't have to do all of those things. In fact, if you're a decent human with a soul, you, you won't do all of those things because then you'll just turn into, you know, fill in the blank shitty media outlet that you hate. You don't want to do that, but at least understand like, what are the things, what buttons can you push that will make people pay attention and use the ones that you want to use. 
and understand that you can't today. You, it, it's I don't know if it was ever as simple as this. I don't think it was, but you can't just make a plain video called review of the new Sony XJ9000 camera, put it up on YouTube and then post it on Facebook and think anyone's going to watch it. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And, you, it's, and it's just a picture of the camera with it in your hands on a table. It's, right. It's just not going to play. Even if it's the world's best review, it doesn't matter. You and have I, to. I, I would say the only context in which it may work is if you were the first person up with that video. Like you'll probably get some people just based off SEO, you know, being the first person up there with a video, you will get, uh, you, you will be that person, but not everybody can be the first guy. Right. So I guess that's the takeaway for me is just, you know, understand that for better or for worse, as you said, like getting back to like artists for better or for worse, you know, you just have to understand that as a creator, you also need to be a marketer and a promoter. I mean, it's, it's, that's part of the job now, whether you like it or not, that's what you're signing up for. Uh, and if you don't like it, fine, you know, maybe you can partner with somebody who does like that side of it. I don't know, but you just have to understand it's not the world we live in where you just put great content out and it gets attention. Yeah. And, and as you were saying earlier, you know, uh, especially if you're making content that is based on a certain community or some genre of media or something like that, uh, something that has always worked for me is also knowing and understanding what are the most relevant and recent current topics of discussion within that community and jump on those, have an opinion on those, make a video about those, react to those. Uh, you know, in a sense, this is particularly what my main channel thrives off of because on, on YouTube, if you look in the handbook, they influence you to do things called, or things like tentpole programming, which is- There's a handbook? Yeah, there is a handbook, look it up. Um, you know, tentpole programming, make content that is a reflection of uh, things that are just happening now, you know, a tentpole, an event. Uh, an occurrence, and then you will make content and jump on that wave of interest that is being generated on the internet around that thing. Every time I drop an album, every time I drop an album review of a record that has just come out, that is in a sense tentpole programming. I am there making a piece of content as quickly as I can, while still it being quality as as quality as I can make it uh, around something that people are searching for right now. Oh man, Fiona Apple just came out with a new record. I'm going to search that up. And when somebody types in review tomorrow, hopefully, uh, they'll see my review popping up in Google, in YouTube, uh, when they do happen to look for that thing, which they will be looking at it or looking for it for the majority of this week because the album just came out. You know, what's um, weird is like, as much as I don't have any problem using a lot of those dark side kind of things with titles and thumbnails and stuff, for whatever reason, I really feel resistant to the idea of doing that like timely content. I just, that feels like, to me personally, that's the thing where I'm like, I'm not going to stoop that low. And I wonder why, why am I so resistant to that idea? I mean, to, it, to me, I feel like what I'm doing in a, in a sense is like news, but just for, for music nerds, you know what I mean? Not news like you watch on CNN, but you know, there are music nerds who are uh, maybe talking about or maybe interested in how Ticketmaster is fucking yeah. over concert goers because of the change of their you know refund policy with the pandemic and everything. I want to talk about that because there are people who in my audience who kind of need to know that either that has changed or that they can still get a refund if they want one. You know, um, that's that's of interest to them. So uh, to me, to me, current events just always kind of made sense. And personally, as a bit of a news junkie myself and somebody who uh, had minored in political science as well. 
talking about current events and, and things of that nature just always has come naturally to me because I'm, I'm passionate about that. You know, so I, I guess in that sense, it's never felt like a manipulation to me. You know, it's how do you feel about it's, like it's something I'm genuinely interested in? From a, I guess, more analytical perspective, how do you feel about the fact that some of that stuff, you know, this Ticketmaster thing won't be relevant two weeks from now or probably won't be? So balancing that versus the evergreen thing. Yeah. No, I mean, as, as, uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't feel any type of way about that because in a way it does balance out because, uh, uh, the, the, the rush of interest you'll get in that everybody wants to see this right now type of content, um, you know, sometimes does, uh, uh, balance out, you know, outweigh. Yes. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. You may put out some evergreen stuff, which I, I've done that as well. Um, but your evergreen stuff, you 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 never really truly know long term how much interest it's going to generate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've done a whole smattering of worst to best videos where I go over an artist's whole discography, and some of them just have a few hundred k. Some of them are over a million. You know, it's a, depending on the artist, depending on my thoughts and opinions. Um, you know, you you never really know what. Um, you know, how successful your evergreen content is going to be either, you know? Uh, so, so that can be a bit of a crapshoot. So maybe, maybe it's like, you know, time value of money, a dollar now is better than the promise of potentially, you know, $2 in a year. Yeah, sure. You know, like for example, um, you know, you, you never know how successful, uh, you know, your, your immediate timely you know right now in this moment type of content is going to be but sometimes sometimes that ends up being evergreen as well in a mm-hmm. sense of it ends up being a news item or a historical event that people are constantly referring back to like um, when i reacted instantly to push a t's diss of drake or eminem's diss of machine gun kelly you know those, those in a sense were just reactions and track re- reviews and commentary on something that was happening right there in that moment but continually, months and months and months later, those videos still get quite a bit of traffic and a lot of reactions and are both well over a million views at this point. So, you know, you never know what type of video in each instance is, is really going to hit. But as long as you're passionate about doing it, it's, it's not necessarily wrong about going either way. What about uh, the time that Jamie Foxx destroyed that one comedian? What was your... Re- <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a take on that. You didn't. Well, there's your next piece of content. There's your next evergreen reaction video. I know that was 11 years ago, but I think the time is now. I watch I watch that thing maybe once every six months or something like that, and it gets better every time. Mm-hmm. All right. So I I, I feel like um, hope hopefully we gave a lot of people some some good advice here uh, with, with everything that we're doing. Um, you know, I, I guess the final point that I'll add here is that, uh, you know, it's, it's important on social media and, and also in whatever content that you're making, you try to be as, as personable as possible and approachable as possible, but that doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, turning yourself into, you know, one of these dickheads where you've always got a camera in front of your face and you're like, Hey, I'm just like, you know, making lunch today. I'm just like, you know, on the toilet, blah, 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 blah. you know, you, you don't need to like turn your private life into a show or anything to be able to accomplish that. I mean, as, as much as people see me online and as much as people 
know about me and think they know about me, that there is still like a lot about my private life that I don't talk about and I don't make public. You know, you, you don't need to sort of turn yourself into an open book in order to, uh, you know, come off like a person on the internet. You know, you can use merely the fact that you are a, a human being with numerous interests and feelings to uh, sort, of, sort of build that connection with your audience. You know, don't assume that because, you know, you're a musician or you're somebody who makes videos about sports or you're somebody who makes a podcast about politics that you can't like pop up on the internet and have an opinion about something totally fucking outside of that sphere, because not only will that humanize you uh, and, and you will have like some pushback here and there, people being like, stop fucking talking about that. Or people will try to invalidate your opinions on anything else other than the thing they go to you for. But still know that to those who are a lot less dismissive and idiotic, uh, you know, that, that you are, you know, coming off more like a relatable person you know, other than just this content monkey that, you know, you, you, you give people the thing about the thing they like, and then you, you know, go back into dormant sleep, um, only to rise again, to give them the next piece of content that they want. Uh, on top of that, I would also recommend some sort of consistency with whatever it is that you make and whatever it is that you do, uh, whether that be a YouTube video a day, a podcast a week, or some kind of Patreon upload or picture carousel a month. I don't know, you know, whatever your schedule is and whatever it makes the most sense for you to uh, uh, engage in, you know, with your audience and whatever it is the topics of, uh, topics of discussion are for you, you know, come up with that schedule, come up with that regularity so that your audience expects you and, you know, is, is waiting to see you at a certain time. You know, do, do you put out a piece of content every full moon? You know, wh whatever it is, you know, give your audience that expectation so that they, they know when and to look for you and, and where to find you. Um, so that they sort of work you into their routine in a way. You become a part of their daily, weekly, monthly life. Couldn't agree more. Consistency over time is better than momentary flashes of brilliance. Sure, absolutely. Because, you know, becoming, a, a I guess, a part of your, your audience's routine and senses is kind of essential. You become a part of that routine, you become a part of their everyday life. And, you know, once you're there, it's like, you know, as, as long as you keep doing what you're doing well, you're, you're like ingrained. Well, here's the last thing I have. Uh, I, I know that a lot of your audience thinks about politics too. Um, here's what I would like for our politicians is to have more opinions on music, just like musicians have opinions on politics. I want to hear Ted Cruz tweeting about how the snare sound on a new Converge album is dog shit. <laughs> You know, I guess that doesn't happen enough because when, when, whenever I think about that, my mind instantly goes to that asshole Paul Ryan loving Rage Against the Machine. It's <laughs> right. just like baffling to me. It was it's perfect. Like, See, that's what I'm talking would, about. <laughs> why the fuck would Paul Ryan like Rage Against the Machine? But what, whatever. You know, he he must just really like Tom Morello's guitar work. You know, he just really loves Tom's Tom's solos. And we'll find out, you know, one of these guys is going to be a big Tom McDonald fan. Yes. And then that will tell us a lot about that person. Yes. I, I will not want to vote for that person immediately. Yes, exactly. I, I, I don't want a Tom McDonald fan in the White House. You, you, see why, you see why it's important for them to share more of their opinions on music. It is, it is important. That's true. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I hope some of this was helpful for someone. Yeah, I hope this was helpful for everybody who, again, I get a lot of comments, people just telling me they want to start their own podcast, their own blog, their own 
Instagram music review page, their own YouTube channel. And, and hopefully we've given you some advice as to how to engage. And again, the regularity and, and, and the ways with which you should think about kind of crafting your content and, and messaging to your audience to get them engaged and get them talking about what you do and thinking about what you do and, and reacting and sharing. Um, you know, like we were saying earlier, we know it can seem a bit like a manipulation and a formula and everything, but this is all as, as a result of how crazy social media and the algorithms are. And we're just kind of giving you the ropes as to uh, just understand some basics in, in terms of just like, you know, this lever does this, this lever yep. will do that. Don't push that button. That will be horrible. Yep. Uh, Finn McKinty, again, thank you for coming on and uh, lending advice and giving your thoughts. Uh, make sure to check out his uh, social media, which we will link down below on YouTube because this interview will go up on YouTube. And also uh, check out the Punk Rock MBA, uh, where he's also always doing, uh, you know, cool, thoughtful lists and videos and think pieces on uh, various artists and uh, subgenres of rock. I particularly love his deep dives into why certain genres or scenes or uh, musical niches die out. Uh, I think that series is uh, pretty dope. Uh, so, you know, check that out if you check out anything on his channel and uh, make sure you sub over there. And uh, we will uh, talk again when it, when, it, when it is necessary. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.